Before we get to this amazing interview, I'd like to take a moment to say that this epic chat you're about to hear wouldn't be possible without the collaborative efforts with the amazing people at Geek Network. Geek Network is a multimedia suite of all things nerdy, and you should check out geek-network.com to get your fix. But remember, always geek responsibly. Buzz, buzz, babies, and welcome back to another Blake's Buzz Adventure. I've got quite the guest today. I am so, so excited. I've been a big fan for a very, very long time. He's written Superman. He's written Batman. He's written The Monkey Prince. He's written American Born Chinese, which actually just got a Disney Plus adaptation, which is very good. And he's got some new books out that I am so, so stoked to talk about. Books of Clash, Volume 1, and about to be Volume 2 are out. I've got Gene Luen Yang in the house. Oh, my goodness, Gene. Are you Thank as you, good Blake. today that as I awesome. am? That was awesome. What a great intro. <laughs> um, what a pro, I, I, man. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've been practicing it for days. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of what you do. And you know, not only are you just a great storyteller, but you're, you're very adaptable and you're very good at universalizing your audience bringing them into kind of different narratives uh because you you have like a plethora of different kinds of stories and comics and graphic novels you write um is that ever tricky when when you have you know some of your own babies some other you know like writing dc properties or writing like you know the the clash properties when you're playing around in all these worlds is it hard to like orient yourself and and get into the vibe or or is that just are you just are you just like awesome like that i mean i i think writing is always hard i think mm-hmm. there's something really like like soul wrenching about writing you know and i i always i've, I've told people that um, I think I like having written better than writing. Like right, like right before I write, um, whether it's my own stuff or whether it's in you know somebody else's world, like the DC universe or the Marvel universe, uh, the the way I feel about it is almost the same as I feel about like going to the to the gym to exercise. You know, like before I exercise, <laughs> I really don't want to exercise, but then if I can force myself to do it, maybe five ten minutes in, it starts to be fun. Okay, uh, and then afterwards, I feel really good that I did it. I feel like the same thing about writing you know I, I i really like there's something inside of me that wants to avoid it always like i'd rather go do the dishes or <laughs> go reorganize my lego minifig something else besides actually writing but then if i could force myself to do it i know that you know i'll i'll most likely enjoy it and afterwards i'll i'll be glad that i have written are you are you like a regimented writer do you have like set times where you try and like sit down and hit the keys or, or do you just kind of yeah like, yeah okay. i try to do it like a nine to five job you know okay but i mean i guess it's not nine to five I, I usually go like eight to four i don't write the whole time you know i'll have like goals mm-hmm. and then once I hit those goals I'll I'll stop so you work uh, for like you work from like eight to nine and then you, and then you take it early yeah lunch. well usually it takes a lot longer than that usually it's yeah. like I don't know man like it, it takes a little while to get into like especially if I'm working in somebody else's world you know like on on mm-hmm. monkey prince monkey prince was set in the DC universe mm-hmm. it takes a little while to to get my brain into that space and then after that I can just I can figure out plot and the characterization and all that but it just I don't know. I think there's some people who are natural, like like Mariko Tamaki. She and I are pretty good friends. And I feel like she's a much more natural writer than I am. Stuff just kind of flows out of her. And I talk to her about her work days and it just makes me mad sometimes, you know, because it's so it feels like it's so easy for her. 
Well, I guess that's good. I'm I'm glad you have to sweat a little bit. I mean, whatever whatever happens to get the stories out that that you that you put out, like I, you know, if it's stressful for you, I apologize. But you know, stay <laughs> that way. Keep it keep it that way. Uh, now I know you've got we we mentioned you know books of clash volume one is out right now. Anybody can get it, and I I really encourage people to. Ch- I had a blast reading this. Oh, book. thank uh, you. Yeah, thank yeah. You. And and volume two comes out. They're like they're they're thinking uh, November seventh. Yeah, yeah, I know okay. with with graphic novels sometimes things there's hiccups every now and then but it should be early november people should be able to get this and this does not feel at all like a video game property title it really does it it feels like uh if you're like fantasy nerds uh strategy rpg nerds like i got like great final fantasy tactics like flashbacks reading this you know and like the the classes and how they interact with each other and, and then and then getting to know the characters was was so fun like i really commend you on making this feel like something it's very it feels very special feels very unique in your own and and it's but it's you know it's this big mobile property this huge game that that has taken millions by storm but you've really brought something a lot of heart and charm out of this world like how did you manage to do that well thank you first thank you you know and and a lot of the credit does go to supercell itself supercell is the is the company that created the original clash of clans game and Mm. also the the clash royale game which is sort of like a spinoff. They're two games that are kind of set in the same world. And sure. Supercell is like a really, really successful company. They're, um, you know, a top mobile gaming company. Clash of Clans and Clash Royale have millions and millions of players. Um, I, I got to visit their offices, you know. So they have an office in Helsinki, which is where they started. And then they also have a couple of other offices all over the planet. Uh, one of them is in San Francisco, which is about an hour from where I live. I went to visit and um, even the office itself is kind of quirky, just like just like the games and just like the company. Nice. So you walk into this office, it's in this giant high rise in the middle of San Francisco. And the first thing you do is you take off your shoes. You take off your shoes and right next to the front door is a slipper room. And you go out and you get your guest slippers. And there's a no shoes policy in the entire office. You know, when you get hired by Supercell, they actually give you a slipper budget so you can buy like your favorite (laughs) slippers to wear at work. So all of that quirkiness kind of, it shows up in the game, right? Like it's it's kind of like a a StarCraft game, Clash Mm -hmm. of Clans is. So you have these armies that fight each other, but um but it's there's a there's an underlying looney tune style chaos to it that's like really fun uh i first found out about these games when my son who's now 20 was around 10 he um started playing it he started playing about 10 years ago and then he got into a clan with his little sister and they got into a clan with mark siegel's kids mark siegel is my editor mm-hmm. at first second books he's also one of the editors that works on books of clash so that's when we first got interested in this property and we've been trying to do clash comics ever since it didn't oh, wow. come together until until uh pandemic so it was like i don't know close to a decade before we were able to do it um and and supercell when we were working on these books they were the ones that really insisted on it feeling distinctive from the game like like the characters are all there right all the characters are there the world is there the colors are there um les mclean and allison acton the two uh, artists on the book they have uh they were able to capture a lot of that fun energy from the the game in the book but then supercell was like we want this to feel like uh like not necessarily necessarily an offshoot of the game but like its own thing so it it really a lot of it really 
is because of them right that's what that's what they wanted that's so cool i was kind of i was wondering if like if they had to like court you and send you gift baskets because you're you're a busy guy and your and your name has a huge ring to it in the comic industry right and so i was i was curious as to how you landed that gig but that's i i it makes more sense now because the the passion and the fun while reading this like if if you you and your family have been have spent you know a decade in this world already like i can you can feel that in the in the narrative it really it, it you can just tell like you're you're having a good time with your creatives and, and the art is, is so gorgeous I, i'm it loving is, this art right? team. the art is great and they're they're bouncing the two artists they're they're alternating right so you guys can can pop these books out a little faster than yeah the, yeah the yeah we'll be art, uh, alternating out uh, artists but i think the first and second volumes are both by um both by Les and allison okay yeah, yeah it's it's it, it's a, it's a beautiful book it's super fun and i really love you know the, from what i've read i haven't read everything from you but i'm trying and i'm getting there and i will i will i will get there i promise but i appreciate that blake thank you man you're you're, you're so welcome uh, but a, a lot of you know you you deal with a lot of uh, you know identity issues and and a lot of like you know identity in regards to like uh, uh uh race and and culture and and stuff like and you know the the social spheres that that we find ourselves mixed up in and i love that you brought that into these into these books of clash like the 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 notion of like you know all the characters looking the same until you start getting to know them and like when terry's able to like pick out their differences and and see them for like the individuals they are uh and how like some of the groups that you know fight together with like you know mixed mixed units and they're not all just separate and strategically placed and and like that kind of chaos sings to terry uh and then you know with the new the new one with jane and, and how we really get to know jane and 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 her like leveling up to a rogue kind of and how that changes her identity and, and how and how that pushes people away from her initially right till till things change in the end but I, I that was so smart dude i just i was not expecting like really intense emotional appeal from these books you know like i, I was having fun with them the art the art's beautiful the colors the colors are so bright you got to squint when you read it you know i mean it's it's just a great package and I just I didn't expect to like walk away with that strong feel good narrative that that you're able to provide a lot. And I guess that was me being foolish because I, I should have not expected less from you. So I, I, I was a, that was the poor reader me. But <laughs> no, I mean, no. did you did you kind of know, like, did that happen organically? Like, did you set out you're going to be like, I'm going to I'm going to twist some feels in these and, and make it you know make it even more or or did you just kind of was that something like as you got to know the characters while you were playing in these worlds yeah of... i mean i mean one of the one of the big challenges of of the books of clash is the the clash of clans and clash royale games as great as they are there's not a lot of narrative behind them mm -hmm. right and and they're kind of designed like you're not you're not necessarily supposed to identify with the characters when you play them okay. so when you're playing both of those games you're taking this god's eye view you're looking down at the world you're looking down at these characters and then you're watching these characters on these battlefields fight uh, and they die all the time like they they die in these little it's kind of fun when they die there's like something like slightly satisfying <laughs> about it you know they they turn in these little uh little purple slot splotches and then and then these little skeletons come out these little skeleton like ghosts come out of of where they die um so because of that because your characters are constantly dying you're not really supposed to like be emotionally attached to them they would okay. ruin the 
a game, but that doesn't work for a, a, a graphic novel. Like with a graphic novel, you can't really spend the entire story in this like God's eye view. You really have to come down to the level of the characters. You have to get to know them. Uh, you have to get to know them as individuals. So when you're looking at them from, from up top, all the barbarians look alike, all the hog riders look alike, all the archers look alike. Uh, one of the big tasks of that first volume is, you know, as we bring the reader down, we want the readers to get to know the characters as individuals. So that's kind of what happens to Terry, the main character. We, we kind of want um, what happens to Terry to also happen for the reader. And I thought a lot about my years as a, as a high school teacher for that. Mm-hmm. I was a high school teacher for a very long time in Oakland. And at the beginning of every semester, there'd be this mass of teenagers that would come into my classroom, right? And they were just... They're just like a nameless group of teenagers. And then over the course of a semester, they would individualize to me. Like, I, And by the end of the semester, I would know each of them. I would know, you know, I would obviously know their names, uh, but I would also know their like personal quirks. I would know what part of the curriculum they had trouble with, what part they got really well. Um, sometimes I get to know them well enough to know like what their favorite video games were and that sort of thing. So I wanted that kind of process to happen for both Terry and, and the reader. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to do. So a lot of those, like, you, you know, a lot of the themes that come out of that about identity, it really was, it, it did come out of that transition from the God's eye view down to the character's level. That's so cool. Yeah. It, and, and it really makes them work. And and it, it sounds like that's what the, the game company wanted. They, they wanted you to, you know, well, I mean, they obviously didn't want you to like pop out like a cookie cutter story right that's like you don't get gene Luin yang on a title and, and for for him to just phone it in right <laughs> uh but uh you know it, it's just uh these these are these are just really like i've never played the game honestly and and you know i i went in thinking it was like an all ages you know kind of kind of fun thing and then the more i got to know about the world you know i a 38 year old comic book fan and podcaster i was i was like i'm in it like this is amazing i'm having a blast the the, the page like you can't ask for easier turning pages right this is like once you get into these these books you fly through them uh it's it, the quick fun reads uh you know you leave feeling better you leave feeling like you maybe know a little bit more about yourself than you didn't before and and as a as a reader you know i mean what more can you ask for right all for what 12.99 14.99 or something right <laughs> that's 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 a, that's priceless uh and and i like books like this because you know so many people don't read anymore and it's so sad and and you know even especially kids you know we got i have you know video games are amazing and and they look every day they look more amazing but you know there's so many people that are like well reading's boring i don't want to read it's not fun Mm. i want to play video games i want to do something fun right and so i love these i love these all ages narratives that can really pull audiences together from from different genres and different age groups and remind people that no reading is actually a blast it's super fun and everyone should keep doing it and and also please keep buying independent comic books because good lord we need you uh but you know, it's um, it. What do you, do you ever like struggle with that? You've been writing for a long time now, so like you've gone through when when print was dying, right? And and all the bookstores were closing, and then wasn't that long ago the indie comic scene had had a lot of hiccups, and now there's there's this huge Kickstarter crowdfunding boom, uh, because everybody's scared to sign up with a publisher, and uh, and, and so there's there's been all these interesting trends in in literature, you know, for mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. last couple decades, and. Um, and you just keep you just keep doing your thing, and and it and it keeps working for you. So I, is that is that the answer? Did I just answer it, my? Own it doesn't question? always work. It doesn't <laughs> always work. Thank you for saying that. Right? It doesn't always work. I, I mean that what you're talking about is actually an explicit goal of the Books of Clash, and it's something that Supercell, the, the company, is behind. We really want to take some of those gamers and, and make them into readers. We want them nice. to 
not just be fans of the game, but also be fans of the book. And we're hoping that, you know, if you're already a fan of the game, reading the book will help you appreciate the game even more. So Supercell, like when the book, when book one debuted, they actually had all these like little in-game items that would point to the book. You know, they had, um, they had Terry there. You could actually include Terry in your army. They oh, had cool. these skins so that you could make, um, you could make your castle in uh, Clash Royale look like uh, Ruckus's head. Ruckus is another character in the book. So it's, it's awesome. It's awesome that people who make their living on video games Games, um are so invested in books and it's because a lot of those people in that office were actually like comic book fans you know they 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 actually read for fun and they they like it but i know what you're talking about about the the different trends within the comic book industry i got into comics in the 90s and back then like some of the younger folks don't remember this but back then like uh comics was not in a good place mm-hmm. marvel comics is not what it is today back then like marvel had just declared bankruptcy and some people were expecting it to just disappear you know mm-hmm. uh and and if marvel had disappeared it would have taken like most of the comic book stores in america with it so it was it was a really bleak time yeah. uh, it, and i would say like at least during my whole like collecting career i've been collecting since i was in the fifth grade that moment you know when when marvel had declared bankruptcy that's probably the the darkest uh so that's when i got in and i just wasn't expecting to make a full-time living at comics because of that because things were so bleak but what i realized is that you know comics is kind of driven by people's love it's not like if you want to make money you don't get into comics you go you go do something go like be a banker or something right you don't get into comics and and because it's driven by people's love i just don't think it's ever going to go away it'll go through these dark times and stuff but but the love will always make it survive you know dude i love that so much so my my podcast my like the saying for my show is love more hate less read comics so the the whole there you go the whole love and comics thing is really sings uh true to me and and again it it's so p- people that are familiar with you or if you're not familiar with gene ladies and gentlemen change that right now like go buy anything it's it, you can get on hoopla you can get on the apps you can go to a comic book store you can find gene anywhere uh and 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 I really encourage you to to experiment like was a couple years ago, like when Dragon Hoops came out, like, oh, my goodness. And then uh, and then, of course, like American born Chinese, like that was one of the first like that. Was that one that like really got you like uh, like sparked the attention that really? Kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that was the moment that I stopped losing money at comics. Like I've been doing comics for a long time before that. Okay. But every single time I put out a book, I would lose a chunk of money, you know, and uh, I, like I said, I was just doing it for the love. I, I thought some people lose money playing golf. I'm going to lose money making comics. And then American Born Chinese was when that flipped. Well, I'm so I'm so glad you did that instead of playing golf. Oh, man. Like the, <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> the things the things that we would have lost, just like talking about like the the Marvel declaring bankruptcy and, and how the whole world really would have been different. The the neural yeah. the nerd world, right? If that if that, yeah, it's, totally. it's because look at the the titan of industry they are now. Now they're like connected into Disney and they I mean yeah. it's just it's it's crazy uh what it what it is now and all these these big cinematic achievements and stuff. Uh and, and you know like you you've done a lot of cool marvel books too and dc books but i mean you got to you got to write shang chi like around the like around the movie time which i mean that was like you've had some awesome gigs superman versus the clan everybody loved batman superman you got the the monkey prince at, at dc like you've done a really lot you've done some amazing stuff over the last couple of years and even more before but i feel like at just at this time where you're 
I feel like you're you get to do what you want, maybe or you know, like to an extent. But like, what what's a property out like, whether big two or anywhere, gaming company or like, what's something that you haven't got to work on yet that you're just like itching to? <laughs> well, you're right. It's been like if you had told eleven year old me that I get to do what I do now, I he would have peed his pants. You know, like it's so <laughs> crazy. I feel like. The the opportunity to write in the Marvel Universe to do 24 issues of Shang-Chi was incredible. I got to work with uh, DK Ruan and, and Marcus Tu, two of our most talented superhero artists today. Mm-hmm. And then Monkey Prince with Bernard Chang, bringing Chinese mythology, which, you know, both Bernard and I grew up with, into the DC Universe was a ton of fun. Um, I, I, uh, I tend towards the more obscure characters. Like, I do really love Superman and Spider-Man. You know, I, I, I do really love those characters. But, like, in, in the DC Universe... Um, I I like I kind of like Robin, and, uh, but he's able to be happy. He's able to be a happy like a happy Ooh. guy when he's fighting crime. But Batman can't. So there's something strong about Robin that Batman doesn't have. Yeah. So I like him. I know he's not super. He's not obscure, but uh, but I, I tend towards him. And then on the obscure side, I like the I like the forever people in, in okay. the universe. Yeah. You know? uh, or that whole fourth world stuff. All of that stuff is like Jack Kirby's brain just going nuts, and I think it's amazing. And then on the Marvel side. Uh, I do like Nightcrawler. He's not that obscure, but I also love Frogman. You know Frogman? Yeah, yeah. yeah I love Frogman. Yeah, he he might be my favorite Marvel character. Oh, um, if if you ever do a Frogman mini or so, oh, but I I think the whole world would just leap. <laughs> uh, pun intended, right now. <laughs> just like I think there are a lot of like uh like frogman fans out there you know yeah. more than more than i think marvel marvel would be surprised to find out how many frogman fans there are right like with uh, like all the new kite man fans now after like yeah, the harley Quinn right. animated you know and it's like yeah, kite, kite man, like yeah. kite man blew up uh so yeah like marvel if you're out there listening uh gene give give gene a frogman <laughs> he, he doesn't have enough stuff to do he needs he needs more work uh now you you mentioned monkey prince at dc and and that interested me too because you know it it ties into what you were doing with american born chinese and that and that myth that mythology right and this yeah yeah did did you find um because you know american born chinese is a bit older uh and and monkey prince was you know in the last year right uh yeah did did you find like was there some some cross bind did you find some like new fans for american born chinese like did, did people go out and find that graphic novel after yeah after the property? It, it did seem like there was some resonance between um those two projects it, it was they were happening like i was working on uh monkey prince while uh disney was putting together the show version of american oh, cool born chinese, right the adaptation and there are these shared characters because both american born chinese and the monkey prince draw from the same well of uh chinese mythology the the it's the the myth of the monkey king which is like this really really famous chinese myth it was written down um 500 years ago in a chinese novel called journey to the west so those stories in journey to the west are referred to both by monkey prince and by american born chinese and i actually think like monkey prince is kind of having a moment now in the west you know there's this uh Netflix movie called The Monkey King that stars Jimmy O. Yang. It's an animated movie mm-hmm. um, that did really well. And he he just kind of is popping up. And, and even um, like Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball is actually the, uh, loosely based on the Monkey Prince's story. I'm sorry, the Monkey King story. Wow. So Monkey King is kind of kind of having a moment, you know. Um, so it's it's been it was cool. It was really fun to do. It was fun to do these two projects that both 
were drawing from the Monkey King stories. Yeah. And I bet it was even more fun when Disney bought it and made it into a show. <laughs> like, yeah, that like, was yes. nuts. <laughs> that whole experience was so, it was like one of the weirdest experiences I've had in my life. Weird in a really good way, you know? Yeah. Well, because yeah. things get optioned a lot, right? But, you know, it, it, when things get optioned, it's cool. But then when when like the, the balls really start rolling and the gear, and then people start getting hired and then scripts get produced and then you come on for consult and, yeah, and then I, and then actors get hired right and then yeah, when, all, yeah. when everything comes together and you're like oh my they're at they're they're making it it's really going to happen yeah, and yeah, then yeah. and now it's there now you can log on to disney and watch it and and again like it was a little bit it's a little different than than what you yeah, it's originally produced it's pretty different yeah but it, it by, does, by design yeah, yeah. It, it your your graphic novel almost feels like an introduction to the following story that american born chinese the series puts out yeah so it, it doesn't it doesn't you know it doesn't really feel like because i've seen that before where they 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 take a property and they're, and they're like really we just want the name right or so, you know <laughs> and, and we're gonna change yeah. everything and um but it, it you know i was i was gonna ask like well i if you're obviously not going to be like no Blake I hate it but how how like how did you feel like you seeing that uh like seeing the premiere and and having that like be this it's this thing now on Disney and it's 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 yeah, your yeah, baby yeah. <laughs> yeah I thought it was awesome I thought it was awesome like, like you said it is different like it, that was by design we we made Siri's acting up Siri's interrupting be quiet Siri okay so um we uh we made two decisions really early on in the process one was we decided to set the the TV show now in the 2020 Mm. And the book is like set vaguely in the 80s and 90s, you know, when I was growing mm -hmm. up. Uh, and because we made that decision, the Chinese American experience is just really different now from yeah. when I was a kid. So the, the show had to reflect that. And second is we decided to make it a TV show instead of uh, like a movie. So because the, the book is like this 200 page beginning, middle and end, um, there just wasn't enough material directly from the book to fill out an entire TV show. So, so okay. Kelvin Yu, the showrunner, um, he just fleshed out the world. You know, he made the, the, the main characters, parents, really prominent characters. And then he took the world of Chinese gods and he brought all these gods that were not in my book, but were in journey to the West into the narrative. Oh, cool. So it was, yeah, it was, it was a blast to do. I, I thought, um, I thought he did a great job. I thought Kelvin and his writing team did an amazing job. You know, the, the hope was from the beginning, it'd be a, different expression of the same emotional core and, and in my opinion i think kelvin did it like it's very different from the book but i i, I think the underlying emotions are all there yeah that that heart and charm that i mentioned that i find in a lot of your a lot of your work i i didn't think got lost at, at all That's like awesome. it's still That's it's cool. still like a very it's still like a very feel good very um, and and like for the for older audiences like it just reminds you of like that that like in both invigorating and terrifying like ignorance of youth right where it's you yeah. never really have like all the answers but it's kind of great and then and then when you get older you kind of lose that because you're like i have to have all the answers or i'm a failure and it's just, you know it's that that kind of interplay of emotions i really like um that that's why i like reading all ages uh literature it's it, it's not because i'm like a bad reader and i need smaller words it's it's just like it's that that like youthful that it's like it, it's invigorating and it's fresh and i don't know why but i i feel like all ages just means like older readers are gonna cry like it's just i feel like <laughs> there are a lot more emotional than than a lot of other uh narratives out there right now but 
Um, but yeah, any, anyways, like on that on that note, um, it didn't it didn't make me cry, but the the Clash novels did make me feel very very good. Uh, and and again, like a wide assortment of audiences that you're connecting in, in a cool way. You know, gamers, fantasy nerds, D, you know, people that like to roll dice at the D and D table. Like, there's a lot, that, and then just f- general fans of comics and storytelling too. Uh, there's there's so many audiences that you're trying to bring together and and get these new characters out there and, and share this brand with so many people who may not be familiar with it and 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 i just uh i think you did such a such a really great job with it and and i'm excited to see this it's eight right you guys have eight eight, eight graphic right. novels planned uh the second one it comes out in november yep. and then and then they they should be like every few months it sounds like because yep, they got they months. got some art yep. okay so yeah it's more from gene i don't think anybody's gonna get mad about more gene louis yang comics out in the world you know it's it's what comics needs them we need them and uh and the, these clash books are, are definitely worth checking out. If if you've been like, you know, if, if you've been sitting and you're like, I don't really know if that's for me, like for real, give it a shot. I had a blast. I had a blast reading them and I'm I'm going to stick with the story because you got it. And, and I, I, I have one last question. I know we're running out of time. Where, where, oh, where did the cookie smelling body odor from the granny with like where did this idea come from or like was that was that in the game narrative was that that, uh, that was not in the game narrative but don't you have that dream don't you wish your own body odor would smell yeah like i do that's now. what i want yeah that's what i want if there's like some kind of a some kind of supplement i could eat to make that happen i would totally do that oh if anybody knows that supplement let us know leave a leave a comment or something so we we can get the mystery out there uh no i i would i would love that it would be so great not to have to like you know you ever think about the stuff like that like if, if we didn't have to buy like deodorant or toothpaste yeah, or soap dude. like for the for the length of our lives right this is something yeah. that you always have to have right if you, if you just woke up every day smelling like fresh baked cookies like it'd be awesome it'd be amazing <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's the dream. That's the dream. Well, one of my dreams, Gene, was getting to talk to you as as a podcast host and a, and a big comic nerd. Like this was a this was a very very special moment for me, and I really appreciate you taking the time. And, and honestly, like congratulations with everything going on. Congratulations with the Disney show. It's it's awesome. And like Boxers and Saints next, maybe. Like I don't know. I I'll, I'll keep my fingers crossed. Maybe like more, maybe Dragon Hoops. Come on, Disney, just put them all out there. Make series of them all. Like. uh but no, I, I'm I'm so happy for you, dude, and and I'm always excited to see your your name on a cover, and and I'll I'll continue to check that out. Thank you, thank you, Blake. That's that, it's been really fun. It's been a blast to talk to you. Thank you. So Thanks, much. man. Uh, real quick, where, where's the best place for like people to to follow you, or do you have like a newsletter or anything? You well, want to shout I'm, out? I'm at my name, so Gene Luen Yang. So that's okay. my website, GeneLuenYang.com, and I'm also at that same handle, Gene Luen Yang, on Instagram and on Threads, and, and I'm I'm on I'm still on Twitter. I I'm not gonna call it its new name. Because I think no, it's please don't. But this was a great interview. <laughs> like no need by calling name. it that. But yeah, yeah. So I am still on Twitter. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Everybody go follow Gene. Keep track of him. Keep track of his amazing books. Buy his older books. Uh I, I haven't been I haven't been let down yet. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.